Welcome back to the Five Star Life Show. I'm your host, Coach Seth, and I am in studio with the one and only Coach Mia. Thank you, Seth. We just came from recording, literally. Just came from recording. <laughs> yeah, her video curriculum. We did, and uh, we are uh, in the middle of a series on teaching kids how to rule. That's our theme this year. And if you just tuned in, go to fivestarlife.org to learn more about all the things that we're doing with kids and with teachers and parents. Uh, we're doing so many things from uh, after school programs at Summit, our 350 acre campus, as well as programs in schools. Mm -hmm. We have a video curriculum program, which we'll talk about some of the content here. And then we're working with you know schools across the nation in detention centers, probation, um, just so many great things that you can learn about um, at fivestarlife.org. Yeah. But yeah, so our theme this year is rule, mm -hmm. which means to have control or like dominion or authority over an area or people. And so we're teaching kids how to rule their lives, which is so important because kids often grow up feeling powerless and feeling like they can't have a voice, they can't do anything, and they can't make choices. And it's just not true. The key is to teach them how they can start to rule their life. And so we've been unpacking this series on how to rule. And today we did a lesson that really, it's lesson seven. It unpacks what research says is like the golden ticket of if, if kids learn this, if we as adults can do this, we can uh, truly live a five-star life regardless of circumstances. You know, this series has been really great for me because I just don't think we realize day-to-day -day what we give up our, uh, what do you, our, our, like, we abdicate our yeah, home. yeah. Yeah, we, we, we give our power away, we give our energy away, we give our time away, we give our money away, we give our voice away, mm -hmm. we give our heart away. Like, like we truly don't understand how powerful we are. And so what happens is we end up feeling like victims. And that, that's when you end up feeling anxious, depressed, when you don't have control. When you feel helpless, you feel hopeless. Mm -hmm. And there is, there is something so powerful that happens when you start to understand how to rule your own life. But today's lesson really took a different turn because the first six lessons unpacked like the things we can do to take ownership or the things maybe we need to sacrifice so that we truly can be in charge. We truly have authority in our lives. And But, but today is different because the truth is that, Mia, there's all kinds of circumstances and situations that we find ourselves in that we really had nothing to do with. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I can control... Um, you know, how many times I work out in a week. I can control um, how I treat my kids, my wife. I can control like what I ingest, what I, what I put in my mouth. I can control so many things. I can control the, the, the thoughts that swirl around in my head, but I can't control like how you treat me. I can't control um, what the world gives to me every day. I can't control a lot of situations. I can't control like what family I was born into. I can't control the fact that my biological father had no interest in me. Can't control those things. But what you're talking about, all those situations are, get, allow us to be victims. 
Yeah. So how do we not become a victim in those situations? I think the first thing is recognition. I mean, I think there's so many people I meet that are victims but don't really know it. They wouldn't say they're a victim. Or maybe they would say they're a victim. Mm -hmm. But they're under this understanding that I'm a victim because. Right? Because. And they think that that situation, that circumstance, is the thing that put them there. And actually, the reality is so many people who go through trauma, they, they stay stuck in trauma and they they perpetuate their trauma, even though they're now safe out of the situation, they relive it every day. They relive that offense of a family member or the person that walked out of the life. They re- that, like they just perpetually are in this world where all they think about is what was and what happened. Mm-hmm. And they stay victimized. So what we are teaching kids is what we call the golden ticket to bouncing back. And I think the first place that like, people listening need to start with is you have to ask yourself the question, like, do you want to bounce back? Or has the, being a victim become so much a part of your identity that you're kind of married to it? You're one with it. You are a victim. You're not letting go of it. I think that's the first question is, are you willing to let go of victimhood? Because there's a lot of attention that comes in victimhood. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that's how we get attention from people sometimes. Right. And I think every person would say, of course I want to bounce back. And But when you break it down, it's like, do you want to let it go? Do you want to let go? Mm-hmm. And so the question becomes, we've been asking this, this whole series, do you want to rule or do you want to be ruled? And when you think about circumstances, you can let circumstances rule your life or you can rule your circumstances. How do you rule your circumstances, Coach Seth? The golden ticket is resilience. Learning how to, like resilience is bouncing back. The, the human body is absolutely an amazing thing to study. We are phenomenal beings and we can bounce back from injury they, they used to, I went to this, um, this workshop years ago at the very beginning of when neuroscience was realizing how elastic our brains were and how resilient our brains were. And I listened to this doctor talk about the fact that he had a, a father who was in an accident and was considered brain dead and he would never function again. He would never be able to walk again. There were so many limitations because his brain was dead. And this doctor went to work and started to do things to stimulate his dad's brain. Little by little, the brain actually, at the end of the day, he regrew his brain. His brain regrew. It came back to life because of the things that he was doing. We are so resilient. But do you want to do the things that help you be resilient? That's the big question. Because it's work. It, there's some work. Mm-hmm. There's some absolute work. What's like the first thing that we should focus on? Um, so, so the thing that we encourage, like things we taught kids to do, is when you are in a bad situation that you have no control over, somebody walks out on you, something bad happens at work that has nothing to do with your choice, something happened to you, a family situation, whatever, uh, y- you can get so focused on the situation that you lose sight of everything else. 
And so, you know, when you go to, if you've ever, ever been to Mackinac Island, mm-hmm. um, they, they have horse and buggy. Or if you're, like in our local community, we have a big Amish community. And you pass these Amish people on horse and buggy, and the, the horses often have blinders on. That's you and me when we're in a tough situation. When our circumstances are bad, we get so locked in, we can't see anything else. And so how do you get unlocked? How do you take the blinders off? You practice gratitude. So horrible circumstances, the first thing you, like literally the go-to needs to be, I'm going to pause and practice gratitude because that will get you out of your tunnel vision. Um, I've heard it said that life is not, I used to always think like, man, there's the you hear the the cliche, the ups and downs of life, mm-hmm. the up, the highs and lows of life. There'll be highs, there'll be lows. I, I heard something brilliant that was life changing for me pr- probably 15 years ago. This individual said, "Life is actually not as much like a roller coaster. It's actually like a set of railroad tracks, and the, on one side there's always something really challenging in your life." But on the other side of the tracks, there's always something beautiful or wonderful or something that is just, it gives you joy or peace. And that stuck with me because that's just truth. Mm-hmm. The question becomes, which side of the tracks are you going to choose to focus on and live on and meditate on? Not saying you should ignore the situation or the circumstance, but when you get glued in and locked in to the bad, and that's all you see, that's when you slip into anxiety, depression. That's where creativity goes out the door. That's when you feel weak. And so instead of bouncing back, you fall apart. I'm just taking that in because you know me. Sometimes I get (laughs) (laughs) You bounce back quick. You bounce back very quick. We got to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come back with more five-star life after this. At Five Star Life, we are changing the face of culture through education and sports by changing the most important piece of a human being's life, their mindset. If you are interested in being a part of our journey, please visit fivestarlife.org for more information on volunteer and donation opportunities. Welcome back to The Five Star Life. I am your host, Coach Seth, and I'm joined in studio with my co-host, Coach Mia. Thanks, Seth. So we were just talking about... um, gratitude and you gave an example of living life on that's like railroad tracks one side is the beauty one side is kind of like the the ugly yeah and and like so as we're filming i have family headed to the detroit area because uh, a friend and family member um, went to a festival with his wife and didn't come home Um, so so in the next 24 hours uh, family and friends will bury one of the nicest Mm. people I know. This is a guy who helped us. We're in our studio, we're in our corporate offices, our headquarters. He helped us run fiber optic through to get this place up and running for our internet. He came here and wired the building for us just because he's a good person. Drove three and a half hours and worked all weekend long and then went back home and worked the rest of the week. That's just the person type person he is. And it, it... his wife, his kids find themselves in awful circumstances, tragic circumstances. You know, his wife, she 
cannot control the fact that her husband is gone. The, the kids can't control. They don't have a dad. It's fo- football season is going to start here soon. He was a football coach. His, his son will not have his dad in the sidelines. Mm. His son will not have his dad in the backyard to play catch with. Th- this is life. And th- these are the life circumstances. And then sometimes it's lighter, milder things that just we don't get what we want or, or somebody upsets us or somebody's a jerk. But, but either way, if, if we don't learn how to bounce back, our circumstances rule us and they set a course for our life. They can, they can take us down a path, a dark path for the rest of our life or take us on a ride for months or years that we can never get that time back. And so learning how to bounce back is a critical skill. And like this situation at hand, how do you bounce back? There is something that this family is going through, but here's what they can do. They can either focus on on the void or they can celebrate his life. Like when I die, I don't want people... I don't want people to focus on the void. I want them to celebrate who I was. I I want them to to celebrate what was great, the moments they had. I want them to make fun of the things that that they made fun of me in in the real world for. Mm -hmm. I, I want them to be grateful for the life that they had with me, not focus on the void. They can get stuck thinking about what's not, or they can just at every turn remember the the good things. Isn't that how everybody wants to be remembered? Isn't that how what everybody wants others to do when they, when they leave? So the same is true in life. When you go to that other side of the tracks and say, I'm going to practice gratitude and I'm going to be grateful for the memories we made, the time we had, I'm going to be, I'm going to be grateful that I still have a son, a daughter. I'm going to be grateful that I still have a home. I still have a job. I still have a life. I still have a future. I'm not going to get stuck in the void of life. This is how you bounce back. You memorialize the good mm-hmm. in that tough, tough. And that's like, that's like, we're talking about a worst case scenario. There are lighter situations that make this probably sound like putting Legos together. Right? Right. But you know what? And, and most people will never experience that pain to that depth. Right. But it, it also is they're grateful that, you know, like I lost my father, too. But like when when I hear situations like this, I think, you know what? I mean, he was sick, so we knew it was coming. We were prepared. But, you know, so you can it sounds terrible, but you can be grateful in that pain that, you know, you didn't have to experience this sudden death. But death is a great illustration because there there's so many times that, I mean, just in light of death, you think about this, the areas of life you can't control that bring stress or pressure that weigh on you. And I, I remember uh, hearing an interview from LeBron James where he had played a horrible game. They had lost the game. He didn't perform well. And that <laughs> the reporters were really hard on him. They're not hard on him now, but in his early days, they were hard on him. Uh, and they're like, hey, you, you know, you, what do you think about you know missing that last second shot, or what do you think about your performance down the stretch, and what do you think about losing the game for your team? And they're asking all these tough questions, like, you know what, I, I can't stand it, but I can't change it, and it's over. I just came out of the locker room, we dealt with it, we addressed it, 
but you all act like this is life or death. Nobody mm-hmm. died in this court today. Nobody was sent off to war. My mom didn't kiss me before I went in the court and said, honey, I hope you make it back. We make this sound like this is life or death. This is just a game. See, what LeBron was doing is he was putting it in perspective. And I think that's the number one thing that will help us take the blinders off and get unglued, unlocked from despair in the middle of a tough circumstance. That's a good illustration. Um, and now I feel like we were really, really heavy. But, I mean, what are some things? Because obviously we didn't use those uh, examples for kids. But kids go through. But you know what, too? And and we can't take away from, you know, when you're going through it, some kids probably feel like they've almost experienced a, a loss or, you know, a loved one. One of the things we teach as we train um, educators, uh, probation officers, you know, anybody that's, that works with kids, is never like you have to avoid the da- the temptation to downplay their pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, pressure is relative. <laughs> like think about that for a minute. Pressure is one hundred percent relative. You can't measure pressure. So if you have a thirteen year old girl that it thinks she's fallen in love, and the person the boy breaks her heart, she feels like she's dying. And when you say, oh, honey, trust me, you were like, that that boy did you a favor. (laughs) (laughs) Like when you say that, she can't, like, you you can't say, this is not pressure. And I think that's true in life. The bottom line is it's relative. And so the the question becomes, again, what are we going to do? Are we going to fall apart? Are we going to bounce back? Are we going to practice gratitude and focus on all the good that's in our world? Uh, or or not. It, it's really that simple. It's a very simple practice. I've been doing this for years. It's so powerful for me. And it actually, it, it sends us into our next talking point that I don't want to get into next. But Mia, talk a little bit. When, what are the circumstances that, that from a women's perspective, what are the, you're, you're a mom, you're a grandma, what are the circumstances that, uh, you you can't control that you're tempted to focus on the the bad situation. What comes to mind? Gosh, that's a tough one for me or for gosh women women uh. you putting you on the spot here. <laughs> All I can think about is the nose I was given. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's I awesome. was like you know I mean and I didn't have any choice in that. <laughs> that is so funny. It is so funny the things that when we're young that stick out to us and that like we get stuck on because it's just like nobody you know would actually think you <laughs> like there's anything wrong with your nose. Like it's one of those you issues. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know totally I mean? me issue. <laughs> but but it's it's true. Like those little circumstances, it's mm-hmm. a circumstance. But it's really going back to the railroad tracks. It's a perspective. <laughs> right. Right. It's a perspective. And when you have that perspective, you can own that and let that really mess with you or you can bounce back and, and survive and, and not just survive, but, but thrive. I get, the other one, too, is like just growing up poor. Like that was, you know, I had no control over that um, till I could have control. And, you know, you get a job. and But I also that to me, I look I mean, I am grateful because I think it made me who I am today to learn how to, you know, take things and you know, that I could afford, but, and make it look like designer, I guess is what I'm trying to say. 
Well, you're you're you don't take anything for granted, mm-hmm. and you never forget where you came from. So there's a humility and a gratitude that just every day, you know. So so there's something so powerful uh, about that when you grew up. Uh, everybody in everybody I know doesn't matter what their socioeconomic status is. There was a void somewhere in their life, just about everybody I know, mm-hmm. B- because perception is a reality. Whatever. You, Whatever you perceive that you're lacking, that you're going without, whether it's food, whether it's clothes, whether it's a, a swimming pool, whether it's a parent, whether it's love, whether it's the amount of t- attention you needed um, or the support you needed, everybody grew up with some kind of void or scarcity and it, and it really came back down to will, will you focus and meditate and build your life on scarcity and what you didn't get? Or will you be resilient and will you use that to fuel, you know, a healthy five-star life? Mm-hmm. Pretty simple stuff, but really powerful stuff to think about because it's the kind of stuff that has shaped us. Right. And when you don't pause to really think about why you do the things you do and your own mindsets, you can live a lot of years stuck living subpar. So pretty powerful stuff. Hey, we got to pause. I want to encourage everybody that's listening to go to fivestarlife.org. It's the word five, the word star, the word life.org. And I want you, I want to encourage you to get involved. There's so many ways that you can volunteer. We have so many programs that we're trying to launch that we need funding for or volunteers for. We are impacting over 20,000 kids a week and growing. You can bring our video curriculum program to a school near you and think about these principles and concepts. You can pave the way so the kids in your community can learn these and get off on the right foot. At Five Star Life, we are changing the face of culture through education and sports by changing the most important piece of a human being's life, their mindset. If you are interested in being a part of our journey, please visit fivestarlife.org for more information on volunteer and donation opportunities. Welcome back to the Five Star Life Show. I'm your host, Coach Seth, and I am so excited to be here with you. And I'm joined in studio with uh, with my co-host. I'm getting emotional here. My co-host, <laughs> Coach Mia. And Seth doesn't get emotional. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're talking about the golden ticket mm-hmm. to living a five-star life. Being resilient. It, you know, it's so easy to live a five-star life when I'm eating ice cream, when I'm on the beach, when I'm with my loved ones, when everything goes as planned. But how do you like live a five-star life? How do you rule your emotions? How do you feel like you're really in control when the circumstances really say otherwise? When people do things to you, situations you're in are out of your control and they're not good. What do you do? Do you fall apart? Do you lay down? Or do you actually bounce back? That's what resilience is. That's good. And what are I, you know, I, I'm taking it all in. I know we had a little pause there, but I, I it's a lot to take in. It, it's so good, though. Yeah. Resilience is like a muscle. Mm-hmm. So if you if you if you haven't used resilience, and this is why people who grow up in really like we always see these incredible success stories in five stuff. We talk about them a lot with kids because we want to give them the model. But people that come from really challenging situations and, and then they, they make it big, they, they turn it around. How do they do that? Well, because 
they've learned, they've had a lot of practice at bouncing back and being resilient. So you have one of two things that happens when something bad happens. You either fall apart, you become the victim, or you learn to bounce back. And that is a mindset. It, it is not a, this is not something that, that's just my personality. Excuse me. That's not just my personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not true. That's a lie. It is not personality. It is now your personality is what? It is the um, it is the results of millions of thoughts and actions. That's your personality. You can change your personality. My personality has changed so much in the last twenty years. It's changed so much in the last thirty five years. I was the shy kid who hid behind my dad's leg, right? I was the kid in middle school that, speaking in public, no way. Freshman in high school, I had to just give my name in front of a crowd of people. My voice cracked. My face was red. I mean, people would said, this kid is never going to speak in front of people. It's just not, he's, he's more reserved. He's more laid back. And I am reserved and laid back at times. See, see this idea that who we are is uh, static that it's 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 locked in we're cemented into our personality it's a lie and so when you're in a in a mindset you think man this the, the situation I, i'm the product of my circumstance if you believe that that will be true for you because you'll become a product of your circumstance but what we're teaching kids is to say no 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 we want to teach you how to rule over your circumstances and resilience, practicing resilience, bouncing back is a muscle that if you will use it, no matter how weak you feel in the moment, in a month, you can be a lot stronger. In a year, you can be an entirely different person. In five years, some people won't even recognize you. Family members will be like, who are you? Like, honestly, that, that is the case. And so this is so empowering and if you will use it, it'll get stronger. If you haven't practiced resilience, then it's probably something that will be painful a little bit. When I work out at the gym, <laughs> it, it's painful. That first few days is very hard because mm-hmm. your body is responding. It's not natural. You have to force yourself to do some things. That's what Shon did. So Shon was a kid who he had a lot of practice at being resilient. He grew up in the projects. No clothes, no food, lights were turned out all the time. Uh, his mom, single parent mom, doing the best she could, but she had her own issues. And so he literally was so poor, he said that they would have to sift the cereal before they ate it to check for cockroaches. Mm. There was so many days he didn't eat any food. He wore shoes that were four sizes too big or two sizes too small. I mean, he was in abject poverty. And then things got worse. His mom committed a crime that ripped her out of the home. And so him and his siblings were put into foster care. And they split him up. And so he was at six years old, put into foster care where, I mean, think about the poverty he grew up. Think about the environment he grew up with. Now he's in foster care where the people do not understand him at all. And so to discipline him or because they didn't know what to do with him, they just put him in isolation. So they put this six-year-old kid in isolation, but they did give him a radio. And so all he could do is listen to music. And as a six-year-old, he didn't know. 
he didn't know what he was doing, but kids are so resilient. They're naturally more resilient than adults because as adults, either, we have either learned to practice resilience skills or we have weakened it. And so we've created bad habits where we fall apart. Mm -hmm. But kids, you put them in a room and punish them and tell them he's a bad boy and he's missing his mommy. He's missing his siblings. He has no else, no idea what else to do. He just, he just drowns everything else out and listens to the music. And he loves the music. And he realizes like this reaches my soul. I can identify with what they're talking about. I love the melodies. And so he begins to hum. Then he begins to sing. And he begins to, every time he's in isolation, and even now by choice, he goes in his room. And he just, he just goes to music. Now, without knowing it, what Sean was doing is he was practicing the second key to practicing resilience. First of all, practicing gratitude is a big deal. What are you grateful for? What do you have? But part two is critical thinking. Pausing to think about my reaction to these circumstances is going to either take me out of this circumstance or keep me locked in a perpetual cycle. He didn't know this, but he was actually thinking, you know what? This music it resonates. Mm -hmm. He was actually using some critical thinking skills without even realizing. He was gravitating towards a positive outlet. How many times do we find ourselves in bad circumstances and what, what outlets do we go to? We naturally go to things that give us false comfort instead of truly changing the circumstances. We turn to binge eating food or binge watching uh, uh, TV, or we turn to these vices mm -hmm. that make us feel good for a moment, maybe unhealthy relationships, maybe too much alcohol. Like, like what do we do? We can turn to things that are not good. So how do you help your child be resilient and walk through these without, I guess, without fixing the problem for them. It's, it's what I just said. It's having them like critical thinking is one of the most powerful and underutilized things that is taught in schools today and taught in households today. If you can think critically, um, which is basically identifying, you know, what is the truth? Like what's true mm -hmm. and what should I do? What's true? I'm away from my mom. I'm away from my siblings. I'm in foster care. The people don't, don't understand. That's all true. But now, what should I do? I, am I going to be miserable? Am I just going to drown myself in sorrow thinking about them the whole time? No, I, I, I can. I love this music. What should I do? I'm going to. This music makes me feel good. This music is a healthy outlet. And so, a, as a kid, Shown started to choose healthy outlets. As he got older, he could have chose to, you know, go down the path of drugs, running the streets, joining gangs. But instead, he said, you know what? This music thing has captured my attention. And somehow music makes me stronger. And I'm getting better. My vocals are getting better. I, I actually form relationships. I I'm connecting with other people that love music. And, and I can form healthy relationships that way through my love for music. So he started to think critically, realizing like, okay, this is the truth and this is what I can do to actually build my life. And so in relating to kids, 
try to help them think critically. What's true about your situation? So let's walk through this. So, you know, your child comes home because I th- I failed at this as a parent probably. Um, your child comes home. They didn't get invited to a party. You're, they're heartbroken. You're heartbroken for them. So how do you walk them through that? So what's true? You didn't get invited to the party. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else is true? You, you have no party, but do you have any alternatives? Mm-hmm. One, one pathway too is to start asking, it's called the five whys, right? That can be a part of critical thinking. Like, why didn't you get invited to the party? Like, did they forget to leave you off? Was this intentional? Um, is there something you've done relationally mm-hmm. to disconnect from the person? Like, why is it? Was it limited? Do you know why? What's the why? Right? But then at the end of the why is you say, so what is the solution? There's a problem here. What's the solution? You're solving a problem. You're thinking critical to find a solution out of your circumstance. Mm-hmm. So what is a good, let's just think about this. Like, so, so what are you going to do tonight? What's a good alternative to sitting here thinking about the fact that you're heartbroken, you invented the party. What are good solutions? Let's brainstorm that. Mia? I can get ahead of my homework. I could read a book. I could hang out with you. <laughs> Did anybody else not get invited to the party? Um, I don't know. Okay. So maybe that's start, a place to start. Who else didn't get invited? Let's do our own party. Mm-hmm. Good, you're a good parent. Well, it, it, it's it's so simple. The, the critical thinking part, if you get into a habit, kids are so smart. And what they want is they just want somebody to listen and comfort them and mm-hmm. say, I'm sorry. But then say, I love you so much that I, I, I'm, I'm not going to just say I'm sorry and leave you in your sorrow. But I'm going to not just feel sorry for you. I'm going to help you have a great bounce back moment. Because guess what? As much as you're there, there's help. That's not going to create a resilient child. Mm-hmm. As much as calling the other you know, kids' parents and chewing them out for not inviting your son or daughter, trust me, that does not help anything. That teaches your kids the wrong behavior. There's, there, there's a reason for everything, and there is an opportunity for resilience. If your kids never, ever have to go through tough things, they'll never learn to be resilient. This is an opportunity to flex a muscle to work a muscle. And so the question becomes, so what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. What, what's, what's the game plan? What, I'll do something with you. It might be an awesome opportunity for you to connect with them as, as a parent. And, and all of a sudden, something terrible becomes a moment where they see, man, that's pretty cool. Like my mom cares or my dad cares or my brother cares. Mm-hmm. And they made the best of it. That's really cool. P- pretty simple, but they don't want to be miserable. Mm-hmm. They want, they want to find a resolution. No, I love it. So you're part of their, their, their bounce back uh, plan, I guess. They're part of your resiliency. Yeah, because you can teach them mm-hmm. and not give them all the answers, but just they're smart. They, they are so sharp. And then they feel empowered in the process. Mm-hmm. And that's all they want because they feel like somebody robbed them of their, of their power. They just stripped it away like you don't matter. Right. You have no value. You weren't even important enough to invite to this party. You don't matter. Mm-hmm. By going through this with them, you're teaching them like you're powerful. We're going to have a great time without them. I love that. All right. We'll take a quick commercial break. Go to fivestarlife.org to learn more, to get involved. At Five Star Life, we are changing the face of culture through education and sports by changing the most important piece of a human being's life, their mindset. If you are interested in being a part of our journey, please visit fivestarlife.org for more information on volunteer and donation opportunities. 
Welcome back to the Five Star Life Show. I'm your host, Coach Seth, and I am joined in studio with the Coach Mia. Thank you, Seth. Oh my gosh, I am loving this. I just want to, I'm going to be resilient now. It, it is, um, it, it's fun when you start diving into these topics because they're all mindsets. Mm-hmm. Like, like having a resilient mindset, it makes you, it's why researchers call it the golden ticket. It makes you invincible. It doesn't matter what you're up against. You can bounce back. The worst thing about bad circumstances is feeling powerless, feeling weak, falling apart. And that's where you, you, that's where the anxiety lives. And that's where you can even plunge into like depression into, and for the most part, Mia, this is exactly where we pick up our bad habits and where we either gain weight or we, we get hooked on something. There's Mm -hmm. a vice, right? So, So we're, we are either going to bounce back or fall apart. I mean, that, that we have one of two choices. Mm-hmm. We're going to bounce back, we're going to be resilient, or we're going to fall apart. And gratitude is one of those things that helps us bounce back. Critical thinking. If we could just pause and stop and think about our situation, sometimes, Mia, it's really helpful. Like in the last segment, if you're just tuning in, you, you brought up a situation where if you're a parent, how do you help your kids if they didn't get invited to a party? Well, Sometimes it's really helpful to have somebody else help you think critically. And so as adults, do you have people, do you have a spouse, do you have a friend, do you have a sibling, do you have a coworker that when you have a problem, you can go to and and just say, hey, can you help me think this through, problem solve? I got this situation. Now, Mia, what nobody wants, nobody wants to hear you complain. <laughs> right, I I Correct. just I, I I spoke to somebody uh, today on the phone, and what what they were wanting to do is they like the attention, and and but they're not following my advice, so it's the same thing over and over and over. I don't like that, so I told the person I said this is going to sound really mean, but you need to grow up, and you need to stop wasting my time and whoever else you reach out to. When you're in a bad circumstance, you need to stop reaching out to people because you already know the solution. You're just unwilling to do it. Mm-hmm. So at some point, you got to get yourself unstuck. And so when you reach out to people, that, that seemed kind of brutally harsh. <laughs> but, but it's true. People, if you're reaching out and you want help solving a problem that we haven't even already solved before, mm-hmm. people want to be there for you. When you're vulnerable, people, I mean, when somebody reaches out and they're like, man, I'm going through this thing, and your heart goes out to them, it's human nature to say, man, I would love to help you. So the first thing is saying, okay, I, I want some help to make sure my perspective isn't off. Mm-hmm. So problem solving, critical thinking with, uh, with a friend, it helps your perspective. But you got to find people that are really willing to be uh, not just the yes man, the yes woman. But somebody that will like call you out, mm-hmm. kind of like I did my friend this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call Seth people. <laughs> I have I have friends that do for that for me, and one is sitting across the table now for me. <laughs> Mia is the truth, and I love that about her. You know, as you were saying that, I think of how many times people do call, and really, you do just want somebody to listen to you complain. But think how powerful it would be if someone started to just help you walk through that in a kind and loving way. Yeah, so and that takes a little stretching. Like, are you open to that? 
Um, because I know I learned this from marriage. Um, guys want to problem solve flat out, <laughs> like solve the problem. My wife, she's just trying to vent and get it off her chest. And I get that. I'm not saying like, that's a, that's a proven developmental part of a woman's life. Like sometimes just talking about it, you're better. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's all you needed. I'm not talking about that necessarily. I'm talking about situations where you really are struggling with what to do and you just want to complain about it. There, there's a difference. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I can see that in my own life, how um, I could, you know, be even a better wife because I guess as it will take marriage. It's hard sometimes that, you know, and maybe it's just because it's common and you hear the same things a little bit over and over and you tune each other out. But if we just would help, I mean, if practice critical thinking, I think it would solve a lot of problems and create a deeper bond. It would. You got to be open to it because critical thinking and problem solving together can be offensive. Mm. Right? Like the illustration of my friend I talked to this morning, um, it, he could have been offended. And he's an awesome, like he's an awesome guy. Mm-hmm. He's just stuck in a cycle. Sure. But he's going to get kicked out of it because he's an awesome guy. He's going to be resilient. He's going to bounce back. But he needed to hear me say, dude, you got to stop. Like, don't waste my time. You know what to do. We're going to talk through this. Just apply it. Yeah. Right? Sometimes you need that. Mm-hmm. So we've just got a few minutes left. So that's what can you leave us with? So I, I want to encourage you, whatever you're facing, whatever your family's facing, whatever you're facing at work, that there are so many, I think going back to the illustration of the railroad tracks I mentioned earlier, go back to, the, to segment two of the series. I, I talked about life is not so much a, a roller coaster with ups and downs, Life truly is a set of railroad tracks. There is always something beautiful, amazing, praiseworthy. That's something you can just stand in awe of. And there's always something that is ch- challenging. Not maybe, maybe varying levels of challenge, but that's, that's the truth of our life. If, if we can begin to be very mindful of what side of the tracks we live on, and I think it starts in the morning, being very intentional with, you know what, I'm, I'm going to start my day in gratitude. I'm going to start my day focusing on, on all the great things in my life. We won't get so stuck, focused and pulled into negative circumstances, right? I, I just, <laughs> I just am, am talking to myself because, um, Oh, we're out of time. I don't have time. I'm going to, I'm gonna, I tease you for the next segment. <laughs> Save that. I, I'll, I'll share this later. We're out of time. Thank you so much for tuning in to Five Star Life. Uh, we will see you next uh, in the next episode, fivestarlife.org.